You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What is up, Established Podcast? It's your host, Kelsey, with my co-host, Brandon Bridge Farmer, on the pod wow. today. Thank you. Thank you for saying my real name. Is that the first time you've ever been referred to as your real full name? No, I think you've done it on this podcast. You know, I can't keep up with what I've done at this point. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I go back and I listen and she I has, disappoint myself. Jason, she is. Well, I just threw out our who <laughs> who we have. Gals, I'm just still in your job, so you just you just <laughs> take okay. take back over. I'm it's, just here. It seems to be so natural for you. I would hate to interrupt what you were doing on the pod today. We have a special guest. Jason Lester is on the pod. What's up, Jason? What is up? I like the uh, the, the structure of this thing. I just I love the 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 how how structured it's this very is. Structured. Yeah, this is. Yes. That's what p- most people say about me is very structured, very put together structured. kind of person. Oh yeah, planned out to, to the T. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean this this thing. I mean I've already got a script of exactly what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. Um, That's right. No, the type A and Kelsey. Absolutely, the, do what I can. Just fly by the seat of my pants over here. But Kelsey normally uh, introduces me as anything but my actual name, and so it's rare. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time thinking about last week's name, but this week I decided, you know, we're nearing the end of this. It's it's about time I should respect you properly. So there it is. And we, we have an elder with us. We we do. Yeah, where where is he? Elder Jason Lester. No, let's don't. Let's I should don't have referred to him with a title. Yeah. I'm not about titles. Hmm. I don't like titles. First podcast, though. First podcast. First podcast. Heck, yeah. This is, this is cool, and so we'll we'll see how it goes. I love it. I love it. Tell the people something a little bit about yourself, Jason. Uh, something little. I mean, I don't know. I've been a member of this church now, what, for four years, I guess? However long Brian's been here, yeah. four, going on five. But did grow up in this church, so was raised in this church until I got married. Was at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church for 23 years, and then made the trek back. So, it's awesome. Um, been involved in the was a teacher and a coach for 13 years. Been involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Ooh. now for 16 years. Wow! Yeah, it's awesome. Serve as an elder here. Just I don't know. Married, beautiful girls. That's it. That's enough so, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. super interesting. Super interesting. So many layers to Jason. So many. Man, if you don't know rich. Jason Lester, you should get to know Jason Lester because he's the man. Yeah. The and man he's also and rocking the legend, the legend shirt. <laughs> and it's St. Patty's Day today in my green. I got my Larry Legend 33 yeah, shirt it. on. Greatest basketball it. player of all time, which will be another good, great podcast of yeah. – probably wouldn't fit here but we, we could debate who the greatest <laughs> basketball player of all time is and yeah I'll throw my vote to larry legend wow as the goat i mean why not why not throw it out there i mean you can't wow. have a podcast without some controversy i mean i like so i'm that. sure there'd be I, yeah i mean i like that that's that's a rare pick for the goat yeah it is a rare but i respect pick. that respect it he was very confident i disagree with it confident. but i but i like it well you can Disagree, but that's okay. But that's I, another podcast. I'm just glad you didn't say it was LeBron because we would yeah, have. I would not say it's LeBron. <laughs> Welcome to the established who's your, podcast. Who's your goat? Who's my goat? You know, it's hard to say 
like I want to throw out like a Michael Jordan. I didn't get to grow up watching Michael Jordan, obviously, but just watching film and watching all the documentaries. You've been watching. You've been watching film. Yes, (laughs) I have. I have. (laughs) I have watched old film. Is that a horrible thing for me to say? Because I've been studying. Well, if I were to say somebody from my era, it's like, how do you not acknowledge LeBron? Because that's who I've always seen. But that seems to be a very disappointing pick at this table. And I also wouldn't consider him in my book. But it's the popular pick for my generation. You're right. And you could make the point. So, Thanks, Jason. (laughs) Well, speaking of making the points, the point I would like to make today is the main idea talking about the doctrine of the church. Hey. We love a smooth transition here at the established We're podcast. Great at transitions. So, doctrine of the church, this is week 10 mm-hmm. of the established Yep. of the established series of wow, Christian belief. I had a moment of what are we even doing? It's been It's it, it's been a week. Jason, we're really good at what we do. If, the, if you the, haven't caught again, on. Again, the structure and the, <laughs> the, the planning that goes into this is just astounding. So Thank you. Jason had to wait on us to make coffee. <laughs> yes. It's and, not even the morning. And when the coffee mid-afternoon. kicks in, he'll be thankful. He'll be thankful because it'll start smoothing itself out. So right. doctrine of the church, um, our main idea from this week is that God in redeeming a people to himself has formed his church, the bride of Christ. And the church is not a building, but it is a people who have been called by God for the advancement of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So our goal for this particular week is to explain what the church is and also to understand the role of individuals in the church. So the obvious place that we have to start here is by defining what the church is. And so by definition, the church is the community of all true believers for all time. And I love this quote from Jonathan Lehman. It says, what is church? It's a group of people who know that they've been loved by Christ and have begun to love one another like that. Very simple definition, but how often do we miss the peace of love when it comes to the church? We Mm -hmm. seem to love the lost easier sometimes than we love one another within the same body. So I'd love to just kind of start with this. So we know what the church is by definition because, well, we just read it. But how do we see the definition of the church playing out in the wrong ways in our our walks? Like, are we misunderstanding what the church is intended to be? Hmm. Do we get caught up in the misconception that it's more about the meeting place than we do about the people? Hmm. I would say yes, yes, and and yes, I guess, in some cases. When I think about the church, the definition of the church, I think of me in, in my generation mm-hmm. and being in, in the South, or not even the South, being in, in the United States of America, our our thoughts always go to a building. Yeah. I, I just think we always have, when you start talking church, you think brick and mortar. You think of a place that you go and you attend but I think outside of here, outside of the West, it's probably maybe. And I know we, you know Catholicism and that kind of stuff can lead to maybe that's a lot brick and mortar too. But I, there's a lot of places in our world that's not the first place they go when right. they think of the church. And obviously, it's not the first place you go when you go to Acts and read, you know, the birth of the church. It was not brick and mortar. But for some reason, we have morphed it into. Mm-hmm. 
um, a thought of brick and mortar first that God only meets, you know, here on on uh, on Winder Highway or Strickland Road at nine o'clock on on Sunday mornings. And, and yeah. if you're not in that building, then um, and again, I'm not discounting being here and meeting because we we do need that, and maybe we'll we'll get into that point too. But I just think it is a it has been a brick and mortar thought. Yeah, more so than it than it should be. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think a lot of it too is like we think about like how guilty I am. Um, I think about even since I work here, um, is when I leave in the morning, I tell my kids like, "Hey, I'm going to church," mm-hmm. and like even how I'm like molding their minds to even think about the church yeah. as a location and not a people, and um, and so. It, What's happened, especially in America, is we've created the idea of the church is a location, it's a building, and it's where we go to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Instead of the church is a group of people uh, representing Christ to the world and and caring for one another. And so the, uh, bringing up the book of Acts, like it's a these are people meeting in homes or by the river or wherever it is and and. and sharing in the fellowship of Christ and fellowship and breaking bread together and, mm-hmm. and representing that way and caring for one another. And so, um, I just think we've created this distorted view of church is something that I attend and that entertains me or I consume mm-hmm. instead of it's, it's a part of it's, I'm a part of something bigger. Yep. And, um, and yeah, and I think it plays out. We could, you could spend a lot of time just talking about the dangers of, of getting the understanding of what the church is wrong, like how it's distorted and, and really jacked up um, a generation of believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and by definition in the Greek, I mean, ecclesia is to summon an assembly. It's the called out. It is the assembly. And I, I just think about all that I've ever seen. I'm not super old, but like the, the habit and the expectation of church attendance is almost like what your holiness rides on. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Of the, if I am not a kid that's grown up in church, cause that phrase is so important in our little Bible belt culture, right? Mm-hmm. Of, well, they grew up in church. They must be a good kid. Well, what is, what does that even mean to anybody? Mm-hmm. They, they go to the building hopefully twice a week, mm-hmm. you, you know? And while again, like Jason, you had just said, like we, We don't want to forsake the gathering of the saints. Like that's obviously also in scripture because it's important and we believe that there's power in meeting together, but we've, we've missed it along the way because it's, it's the checklist. It's the thing that sits on my schedule. It's the thing I have to do. And then in turn, church is not only this piece of like consumerism for us, but it also becomes burdensome of, I have to go, I have Mm -hmm. to go. And but but why like wh- why do you go what's the point what is it intended to be but we the body we the church are called out we are an assembly and i think too like it's it's hard to remember what it's like outside of our little bubble like jason and i just got to go to um this thing called real time it's this massive fca conference for all staff all over the world and we had it in san antonio texas and I'm looking around the room and seeing people from all across the globe. You hear them worshiping in different languages and you have this quick like snap of reality of 
it's not just me and America that is the mm. church. And I'm not the only one in little Jackson County, Georgia, that's taking the gospel, mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, we forget because we're so about what we see that it's no, that the church is not only present who is the body, but it is the believers from all time. Right. It's big. It is much, much bigger than us. Mm -hmm. And you know, I always think about the question of what's, so what's the right way to do church then? Mm. Um, and I don't know, we may be still need to be back on the other topic, and this may lead to something completely different. But y'all are completely un, unprepared, and so let's just keep the ball It seems that you're no. the most prepared, <laughs> so I would love for you to take but, the reins. What's the right way to do church? And here, here's where I used to have this before FCA. To Kelsey's point, I had this um, idea of what church was supposed to look like, mm -hmm. what it was supposed to sound like, what it was supposed to look like in, in what we wear, the, the time that we meet, um, the, the, the chairs that we sit in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then FCA though, did kind of open my eyes to other, other ways of doing church, yeah. whether it was us leading, leading, uh, at a, on a camp in, in a camp setting or us getting to visit other places and all. And so there's, there's a lot of different ways of doing church. Yeah. Um, so I've always thought, what's the, what's the, what, if Jesus could come, if Jesus could step into Hall County, this is mm. this is a great question. If Jesus came today and was sitting down on the podcast, and we could ask mm. him, mm. what church in this area is doing it the best? I, I think the answer would be, it would. I, I think it would be surprising. Yeah. I guess I don't think it would be the necessarily the church that has the largest attendance. It could. I'm not yeah. throwing anybody under the bus. It, it could be that. I don't necessarily think that it would it it could be that is I don't necessarily think it's the, the the church that has the greatest you know worship band or the greatest uh, preacher or the I don't I don't know it would be interesting to see what what the answer would be hmm. to that um, yeah I don't know it's a neat neat discussion piece just because. And maybe there is, maybe there's, there's several places that he would mention and all of those places would be completely different. Mm -hmm. And, um, maybe there would be a common theme. Yeah. I think a lot of it would be something similar to what we see in Acts 2.42 and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. Like there would be a element of community breaking of bread. There's an element of, um, there's an element of worship. There's an element to the teaching uh, yeah. And I think, um, cause you, then you can get into like, uh, the preference or the argument to around like, uh, how should church be structured? Yeah. Like, cause a lot of that goes into it. We're not going to go there. I don't think, but like, I think at the end of the day, uh, Jesus would want the believers to love one another, mm -hmm. care for one another, uh, make much of his name mm -hmm. and, and seek his face through, through corporate worship, but also through, uh, prayer. Yeah. And so yeah. I think Paul would also want to see us, uh, partaking like in the, like in the ordinances of like of the Lord's supper of celebrating baptism, as mm -hmm. we see new people come to know Jesus. And, um, so I think it would look like that. And it, and then the beauty of that is the church can be, it has, the church global has so many different expressions. So Chester Mount Church is one expression of 
this large church. But yeah. then right like next door, the Presbyterian mm-hmm. church, worship's going to look, or their like worship environment will look very yeah. different than ours yeah. in the sense of like, it's going to be a little bit more structured. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't it funny so, what you just said, the things you just said were important. Yeah. It's the things that aren't important though, that, that cause that all divide the, the church. Yeah. That cause all the messes. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you boiled it down to, you're right. If you boiled away all the things, if Jesus could say, all right, I'm going to get rid of everything that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. All those things you just said are what matter. Yeah. But we fuss and fight and argue. Yeah. And have so many opinions to the death on things that really don't, it right. doesn't matter. Yep. And that's, um, it's so interesting, like how the church, um, and when we say the church, we're talking about the definition, the yeah. right group of believers, how we constantly shoot each other down mm-hmm. yeah. over, over not even like doctrinal stances. We, it's just mostly over preference. Yeah. And like how many times you hear church dividing over, or maybe not now, but like you used to hear a lot of times church would divide over the carpet color or Absolutely. Right. Uh, if they wanted to paint the auditorium a different color yep. or if they misplace something in the service and it's like, man, I, I just think we've, I think the enemy likes to see that take place. 100%. And I think that's yeah. how he deceives the church in the sense of like, if he can divide us over issues that ultimately are not gospel issues and don't matter for eternity. Um, he 100%. can, and, and it impacts our witness. Yep. I remember, so like I've grown up at Chester Mountain. Um, we started coming here when I was seven. And I remember when we took Baptist out of the name mm-hmm. and we were on the five o'clock news. Like, yeah, I remember it made, <laughs> it made the evening news. Yeah. yeah. Like an uproar. We were doing rock and I'm doing air quotes, rock and roll music, which is like, it's what every church is doing now, mm-hmm. but it's like, um, it's just so crazy what like caught, uh, what caught traction in the world's eyes, but also like how churches were upset about it mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, not everything, you know, churches can do things more, maybe more tactful, but, yeah. um, I think the call for us is to go, man, let's keep what's important and what's uh, a matter of what scripture is clear on at the forefront. And then. Every other preference is like, okay, if that works for y'all, that works for y'all. Like scripture is not, is not, um, explicit on what kind of music you can do. Yeah. Like they didn't have, they didn't have what we have today. Oh. So like <laughs> Paul's not concerned yeah. about that or anyways. No. And I love this, um, passage that you were sharing BB at the end of Acts chapter two. I mean, yes, it's such a clear model for the church, but it's also such a, helpful clear model for what discipleship is intended to be mm-hmm. and i think so much of what we get twisted in the church is because we lack discipleship within it and it becomes more about the gathering rather than the depth of relationship not only with one another but depth of relationship with christ so this uh devoting yourself to apostles teachings and fellowship uh going down it says breaking bread together in homes receiving with glad and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all the people and that's where it says that the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved and i mean it's the simplicity of the gospel that we just we think we have to add to it Mm -hmm. and when we add to things we typically ruin things Mm -hmm. but this was it discipleship was the model it was do life together intimately with the lord Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's the reality is we got to be careful not to make 
a tradition sacred. Right. Um, tradition's good. Like there's, there's good things in traditions. We just can't make them sacred things. Yeah. Um, and I, I had to learn that like early on in ministry, like I wanted to come in and blow things up that were like super impactful in someone's testimony. Mm. And there's nothing inherently wrong with them. They just didn't work anymore mm -hmm. uh, for where we were in culture. But it's like, there's a way to do that. That doesn't harm the person that impacted, but also doesn't hold that as a gospel, like of, a, of gospel right. importance. And so, um, cause like uh, the things that worked when I was, growing up in the late nineties, early two thousands, like in church probably aren't going to work to right. reach like young kids or teenagers as it did now. Right. Like some of that stuff will, but yeah, you know, you we did Awanas all the time and yeah, which yeah. maybe Awana still works. you got to have an insane amount of manpower to pull it off. You yeah, you, you do. Can, but I think you have to adapt as, as culture adapts too, you don't change the message, but your methods mm -hmm. always have to have to kind of adapt. But going back to this is a, this is another. I made some notes. This is another Come question. On. I love this. Listen, what what what's most what's more important then? Because you spoke on discipleship. Mm -hmm. We're talking in our Western culture, church. All right, that means that building in there, and I'm yep. pointing toward our sanctuary. That's what goes on in the sanctuary with the stage and the worship and the back. Mm -hmm. What's but we also have small group. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm a small group leader. What would you say is most important? Or could you even say there's one more important? Is big church, what I call when I was a kid, big church, or is 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 a Sunday school or a small group? What's most important? Wh which should come mm. first? Which okay. should it, do you absolutely have to have both? Or do you think one could stand on its own? I mean, because I, I do think a, a Christ follower, can you really be a Christ follower if all, all you're doing is coming on a Sunday morning and checking a box and leaving and never mm. picking your Bible up again, never sitting down right. in, a, in, a, in a conversation with somebody else yeah. mm. about what was preached that Sunday and or about something yeah. else that you've read? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that you can continue in that right. and, and obviously grow. Mm. So we need small groups. Right. We need, I've always said you learn in rows, but you grow in circles. What, what do you think is most important then? Because it's all the church. You're right, yeah. right. Uh, I would say groups. Yeah. Um, and it's not just because I'm the groups pastor or whatever yeah, my title is. You're pushing your like, own. But I think a plug for small groups. If you're not in a small group and you're listening to this podcast, that's right. Jason, throw out your group. yeah. I don't Join know Jason. I'm, I'm in third floor. It, that, up, he's somewhere. Us. Just find yeah, Jason. Find <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I would make that argument. Uh, and I'm so thankful for the large group gathering mm -hmm. and the, especially how we, like the service that we, uh, that we are are a part of. Like mm -hmm. yeah. we have a team that does. Brian's preaching is unbelievable. Brandon Sloan and the team lead incredible. Yeah. Kelsey's a part of the worship team. Um, but I would say, let, let's say we lived in, or America came under intense persecution. Yeah. Then you're going to need a small group of people that you can rally around. And the reality is what happens in that main room can happen in a small room, can happen in a living room. That's right. Um, and so I think, because uh, we're not doing, we're not doing church the way that, first century church did church. Yeah, like, right. There's not a, they didn't come to a auditorium or a sanctuary or a worship center, whatever you call your room. And, um, 
and put on a like a program service. A lot of it was probably on organic opening up the scriptures and mm-hmm. and sharing the burdens and sharing uh, the struggles and then praying for one another and and worshiping. Uh, so I would I would say like if you had to pick um, a group would be most important a, a true biblical there's biblical teaching yeah. there's yeah. prayer together there's yeah. worship taking place there's serving taking place um, but I also because we do live in a free country you should do both yeah. like i think yeah. you should uh there is something special that happens in in the like, large gathering of mm-hmm. saints um but uh you should absolutely be a part of a small community and i want you because you've been saying a phrase that about discipleship and uh how it li- plays into a smaller group yeah um that i think is extremely important kelsey yeah i I mean, I think there's a great lack of discipleship and we've touched on it a little bit throughout uh, this podcast series, but I think that part of the issue is that we just overcomplicate it. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's as simple as, as a discipler, discipling somebody else, it's giving somebody close enough access to walk with you and get to watch how you live it out. Mm -hmm. So they are hearing the things that you're teaching, you're opening up the word together, but you're giving them the availability in your life that they get to see the fruit of what you're teaching them. And if you don't have that close access, then all you are is a teacher to me. But when you take on a discipleship role in my life, like I, I'm putting you to the test. Yeah. Now we are mutually in accountability yeah. and that's iron sharpening iron. That's like right. that that's the goal, that's the intention. And I would I would agree with you, BB, that I lean towards saying that if I had to pick, I would pick groups. But I think so much like our groups become so fellowship only heavy, uh, which there's a time and a place for that, right? But if we're not opening up the word and we're not going knee to knee with each other, we're not grieving together, praying together, then we've also missed the core of who the church is supposed to be when we gather together. And it's not to say that being a group of like a, just a community group or just having times of fellowship or nights of fellowship, like those are great and necessary things too. But if we're making the argument for one versus the other, like you've got to have all elements and the intimacy that comes in a group of Hey, I know what you're walking through and I've been praying you through, but now together we can lay hands on you in this room. Like that's different. Mm -hmm. That's different. Yeah. And I think of like, so discipleship, one of the, one of the most, or the biggest compliments like in the first century was, um, the dust of their rabbi was on them. And the idea that they were, they walked so closely with their teacher that like he would kick dust up on them. And like, I think a, like a healthy group, is that idea of like they they're close enough to one another that they they get to see the struggle. They don't right. just get to see the like the right. polished teacher or um, the Instagram life, right? They get to see the the mess of it. So we yeah. we rejoice with one another, but we weep with one another, mm-hmm. and um, and so I I think um, and that's ultimately like one of the downfalls of the church in America has become. It is like we there's this like spin where it was like, let's soften the message to attract more people in and make it easier for people to feel, to sit in the seats instead of Mm -hmm. like the gospels, what attracts, even if it's in, even if it's a hard message to receive. And, um, and so the reality is groups, we talked about this morning, men's breakfast, like, um, in first John five, like the idea of like, do you love your brother or sister enough to, 
to lovingly call them out of their sin. Yeah. And that can only happen really authentically in community. That's exactly right. In a small and, group. Yep. So my question would be, why is this so hard for us? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the disconnect that this isn't happening often yeah, enough? It's tradition, I think, a little bit of that. Because think about it. When I invite somebody to church, I, I'm inviting them to, to that that room in there. We're, we're, we're not inviting them to a small group. And maybe what we're saying is there's a, there's a good possibility that the small group's the first place. If I'm inviting yeah. somebody to church, that's where to start yeah. rather than, than the other way around. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's just tradition. Maybe it's just what we've always done. It's maybe it is safer. You know, mm-hmm. we feel like, you know, if I can, they can sneak in the back and sit, which again, the problem you can sneak yeah. in the back and sit, yeah. be, be fed a little bit and sneak back out and there's zero accountability. Yeah. And you can go and do whatever, you know, live yeah. like hell the rest of the week and then right. show back up on Sunday morning, but tell yeah. people you go to Chestnut Mountain Church. Yeah. You're, you're not a part of the, you're not really a part of the church. That's right. There. Well, it's like, I've heard of people saying, Hey, I'm a member of of this church or such and such church, but they haven't been to church in 10 plus years. It's like, I don't know what you think member means. Like, yeah. like there's a, a perk to being a member of the church. Like you get a discount or something. It's like, mm. and, and I think it is that our one, our culture has become this, like so disconnected from what where the privacy fence, you know, it used to be everything happened on the front porch of a house and everything happens in a back fenced in backyard and I have a privacy fence around my house, but mostly just so my dog doesn't run off. And it, um, but it's the like, but it's the idea of we don't want people to know us. Yeah. Right. And we only want people to think that everything's great. So the social media like complex of our society is, I don't want anyone to think that I struggle. Right. So when I do come to, when the, that person comes to church, they want to be able to walk in unnoticed and, sit through a service that entertains them or makes them feel good about themselves and then walk out into the world and get to do whatever they want to as if that pleased God. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality is the depths of our soul. We know we want like everyone longs to belong. Right. And belonging can only take place in, in a, in true community, not in a, like if you're in a room of 500 people, no one's going to know you. And, and like, we talked about it, the idea of like the beauty of the church is you can be, you get to know one another and be known by one another and deeply known. Matt Chandler talks about to be 99% known is to be a hundred percent unknown. Right. Right. Think about CR. Y'all been to the the service at Celebrate Recovery. Yep. There's a difference there. Mm -hmm. And here's, I think here's the difference. Every person that walks in the, everybody knows everybody's screwed up in there. Yep. And, and nobody's afraid to walk in and, and admit that they're screwed up. Yep. That service is no different than than this service on a Sunday morning. That's Every right. person in here is screwed up. That's right. Everybody in here's got issues, but for some reason in here we can put on we can put on a show. There is no show up there, That's and right. so I, there's an authenticity. That's right. To that that happens when we get to that place of yeah, I'm as screwed up as you are, but I'm here to help you, and you're here to help me, and we're here to worship. That's it. And but I do think there's been a bleed over from that to here, and I've mm-hmm. made that point here several times. That we've seen, though, that start to to carry over into here. And Brian makes a point, does a great job of, I think even this last week, he, he might he made the point of, you know, listen, if you're lonely, come lonely. Yeah. If you're broken, come broken. Don't, yeah. don't try to get fixed and, and walk in here and, and act like you're, that, yeah. that's what the job of that, that corporate worship, that's I right. think, is and or 
a, a small group. Well, it's the foundation of what we believe in the gospel. Yeah. That we didn't come to God impressive. We came to God broken. Yeah. And and we come to God all the time broken. Like he has he has redeemed us and restored us, but we still live in a broken state. And so like I think that's where it has to be uh when the church lives out uh a reality of how desperate we are for the savior mm. and how and how every day I need Jesus. That one is attractive to the world because the yeah. world knows it's broken. Yeah. It just doesn't want to admit it, right? Because it feels like uh, you feel like you're going to be isolated if you if you are honest about your struggles. And mm. I, th- I mean, we live like we live in a society that everyone needs a drug to make themselves like whether it's prescribed or they're finding it on the street to make themselves feel something mm-hmm. or maybe not to feel something. The reality is like, man, we can come around to believers and and feel the idea, like we're imperfect people with a perfect savior. That's like right. that, this is the safest place to be. And the mm-hmm. church should look, should be that way, should look like a bunch of broken, messed up human beings yes. who know that mm-hmm. and, and come alongside each other. Yep. And so, well, I think sometimes part of the problem is we come with expectation that church is going to fix us <laughs> or that, um, that everybody isn't jacked up at the church. So, I mean, church hurt is a very real thing, yeah. and we each probably know a large list of people that have been deeply hurt by the church at some point, and I think sometimes we, we see people kind of throw this up as a defense mechanism of um, an excuse of why I'm not going to try it again, or the hurt was so deep that I could never, ever belong there. Um, do you think that church hurt ultimately is like rooted in the misunderstanding of of the people that make up the body of Christ. Like we think the assembly won't hurt us and then we're surprised when it's the people that do. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it too is the expectations that uh the people the people are perfect and that they can't they won't hurt you. And the reality is people everyone has the yeah. potential of hurting. Like uh who was it Rick Warren or I forgot who it was that made that coined the phrase like hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, when we're still human beings, like, and so we're going to like, even the most, uh, sanctified Christian is still going to mess up and maybe say something hurtful. And yeah. so, right. and I, I think for me, like I've experienced church hurt. Like mm-hmm. I remember when, uh, I transitioned, uh, my story is grew up here, got hired, to come on staff at the church, left this church to go to another church and then came back. But when I left, uh, originally, like there was a, there was a church member that ultimately was hurt by my leaving and maybe how I handled it or how it was handled. And they made the comment of like, um, there's a difference between God calling and a pay raise. And they, they didn't see the offer on the table. Like they didn't see that there wasn't a pay raise. Mm -hmm. And, Um, and I was like, I was wounded by that, Mm. but I had to also learn, I had to grow my understanding. Like they were hurt. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's too, I think the church ultimately, uh, or people that get hurt by the church, one, it's legitimate. And, uh, a lot of times it is because, uh, someone isn't pursuing Jesus very close and says Mm. something, uh, that is hurtful or does something. Yeah. Um, 
but it's also we got to realize like that other person is still in need of a savior as well still yeah. in need of the grace of god um but yeah i love this quote from charles spurgeon where he's pleading with us to give yourself to the church. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect, and I hope that you feel almost glad that you have not. If I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I would have never joined one at all. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been perfect church after I had become a member of it. Still imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. All who have first given themselves to the Lord should, as speedily as possible, also give themselves to the Lord's people. How else is there to be a church on the earth? If it is right for anyone to refrain from membership in the church, it is right for everyone, and then the testimony for God would be lost to the world. But this plea of give yourself to the church, give yourself broken as you are, give yourself jacked up as you are, and no walking in, like... I think we've got to lower our expectation of other people. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the same way of we idolize the the pastor, or we idolize the worship team, or we idolize the production and the marketing and the branding of it. And mm-hmm. we see that these things matter to an extent in our culture, but they are not the most important thing. And we most often are hurt when we have failed expectations. And man, like the pastor is a very broken imperfect person as well and i'm so thankful for brian's leadership that he constantly is reminding us of that but man i've been many places where i felt like the pastor was untouchable like Mm -hmm. like he wasn't in the same (laughs) struggle as me and he didn't wrestle with sin the way i was wrestling with sin he'd already he'd already figured his out like Mm -hmm. you, you know but the expectation of these people can't possibly let me down. And if anybody does like be gone forever, like I, I can't go back there when in reality, like Spurgeon is saying that should make us feel the most at home that Mm -hmm. we look around and everybody is also a hypocrite like me. Everybody is also broken like me. Everybody else is struggling like me. We should find safety there instead of trying to clean ourselves back up and make it seem different than it actually is in reality. Yeah. Yeah, we, when we, we've killed our wounded, we, we shoot our wounded at times. We, we've been known to for the church to, you know, go through seasons of that too, which I think hurts then. So that creates church hurt too. But right. um, I, I think it does, it rises and falls on leadership mm-hmm. too. And I just think if you have a pastor and or leadership who um, humility you gotta, you gotta have a, a Brian or a, a, a other pastors, not just Brian, but other pastors too. Don't you don't feel like you're being preached at? Mm-hmm. You, he's he's preaching himself under conviction, yeah. And we're we're just kind of along for the ride too. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah. so happens that oh, that applies to me too. Yeah, it's kind of how I feel. And so I think if you paint this picture of perfection, yeah, then all of a sudden when it's not, now folks are going to be hurt. But if yeah. you paint this perception of we're all in this thing together. And you know what? When things happen, you apologize and, and you, you do the best you can. But I don't know, church hurt for people to be church hurt. So I'm never going to go back to church. Well, the, the world hurts, too. And I don't yeah. see them necessarily still running. Yeah, they're still yeah. running to the world. So, I mean, yeah, you know, sometimes it's an excuse. Sometimes it is. It can be things that have happened. But yeah. um, I don't know. The fault can lie in both both areas. I for guess. sure. And and I think uh 
I think one thing that CMC does well, um, one, thankful, Jason, for your leadership and the rest of our elders and how y'all lead and pray and serve this this body. But it's the one thing that when Pastor Brian came, and I feel like it was happening even before he was on staff, but was this um, this mentality. We the, the staff had to be approachable. And, and, um, and we, there's a freedom, like, so for, for me, like being a pastor on the staff, like there's a freedom in just being who you are. Like now the, the role of, uh, elder overseer Mm -hmm. pastor, like has to be above reproach. Yeah. But, uh, I want people to know like, man, I'm, I still struggle like that. I'm not like somewhere. I I don't have a closer connection to the father than, Mm. than any other believer with the Holy spirit. And so it's like, um, so there has, and I think that allows the person that, that has been church hurt or, or has this perception of what church is to walk in and go, wow, these, it's real people. Yeah. And so like, if, if you're a part of another church and leadership, like I would challenge you to think like, make, make the place, like we talk about, we want people to belong and we want people to feel like it's home. Mm-hmm. Creating that environment is like that idea of like, when you, like in your household, like healthy homes parents allow their kids to know their their mess ups and there's apologies for that and yeah. and there's not this like perception of everything's perfect and don't question it mm-hmm. right and um and so i just think that's a healthy place to be and i think it allows healing to take place yeah mm. and i think that's ch- church hurt like if you've been hurt there there's a season of where healing has to occur mm-hmm. that's right like it, you don't just wake up the next day and everything's all right right like Trust has been fractured. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also like, I would say, like, as we've talked about, like the world hurts you too. Right. Like you're gonna, like, this is a world that's yeah. broken by sin. So hurt's going to happen. And I think we have to, uh, we extend grace because it's been extended to us. Right. That's right. And so the, the next question to kind of tackle is, so what is the church? And we've talked about different layers to that, but why, why is it important? Um, and one of those reasons is that it's the mission carried out by the church. This is the mission. It's it's the gospel. It's the call to discipleship to to go and tell, hmm. to tell all, right? And we said it a million times a couple of weeks ago at our conference, but every means every. So mm-hmm. if I say that we're making disciples of all nations, it doesn't just mean all that I like or all that are convenient <laughs> to me or... Yeah all that I feel like talking to that particular mm-hmm. day. Like every means every we're, we're reaching all people. Um, but one of the things with the, the mission being carried out, like I think about uh, from a church leadership stance, um, it's the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And I think it is really easy to get into this seat as a church member um, where you're kind of sitting back and you're soaking it up, taking it in all the teaching, all the worship, consuming Mm. to an extent um, where it also convinces me that, well, because BB is a more gifted and equipped teacher than I am, that my role is just to sit and listen to BB. And then I also somehow scapegoat myself of having to go do the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I'm called to because Christ has called my name. Right. right? So how do we kind of work through this, misconception of 
I'm going to sit back and wait for leadership to take care of what I've also been called to. Because I, I think we're seeing it now more than ever of, well, I expect Brian to do all the ministry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's one of Brian. Yeah. And we are a whole church. And he is equally a part of the church as any of us are. That's good. I think it goes back to the small group thing. What, what if we did this? Here's, here's a wild concept. What if church on Sunday morning, what if, what if Brian... It's kind of the, the small group concept with our men's group. Mm-hmm. What if we had Brian stood up, we, we did our worship, whatever, when Brian stood up and he preached a 10-minute deal on, on a piece of Scripture and then said, okay, now turn around and, and get with 10 people, and for the next 25 minutes, we're, we're going to talk about, you're going to discuss what I just talked about, or here's three questions for us to, mm-hmm. to kind of go over. It, it, it almost takes the consumerism now off the table now now you're right. having to you're you're having to um get get involved mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. some way you're you're having to open your mouth you're having to answer some questions or or at least have some some dialogue rather than come in listen consume and and leave right um i mean you probably scare some people away and everybody would our church attendance would crash and burn and then church be gone. But maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but the cons, it, it is though where you, it's almost like you've got to force. Yeah. You, you've got to force some people, not, not force, but you've got to provide opportunities, more opportunities, maybe even more so, or be way, be way more intentional with yeah. the fact of getting people in a circle and yeah. the, and, and the discipleship model or, or method and letting that kind of kind of play out, but yeah, and I think I think it's a um, I think people will respond to being called to something higher. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think coddling people ultimately just kills them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I do think like we would you would see like if you did something like that, um, you would see a shrink, but I think you would see it strengthen. Yeah. Um, so you think about it, like, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, what was his name? Anyways, he had a quote that, like, Jesus Jesus will do more with 12 devoted disciples than he will 12,000 yeah. consumers. And yeah. so, uh, and he did. And so um, I I think it's that idea of, like, when we call people, it's what we're doing. Like, my goal in establish is like, I want to give more theology, not less. Yeah. I want to I want to call, I want it to be more challenging, not less challenging. Mm-hmm. And the number, like, we don't have crazy amounts of no. people in the room, but, like, it's consistent. And mm-hmm. and it's, uh, and the questions that are being sparked and the questions that, and the hunger that I feel like it's, or that I've seen, um, like, last night, like, uh, some of the stories afterwards were, like, I was so, like, reading and doing the homework before, I was so excited about tonight, and I'm leaving tonight wanting to read my Bible more. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's the win. That's, right. that's right. the win. And walking alongside, so like theology and community. But I ultimately see it's the it's the discipleship uh, crisis of the 21st century, yeah. right? It's yeah. it has to be. We have to, as leaders, be willing to call people to something more. That's right. And not just be okay that people showed up. Yeah. Because um, what's what does it matter if you had a crowd right. and they still go to hell? Right. You know, somebody's mentioned something real time. I can't remember. It might have been Dan or somebody mentioned though. We we should really be more concerned. We we get real concerned about who's here, who's in the building. He said. Mm-hmm. We get real concerned about who's in the building. Our concern really should be who's not in the building. Yeah. That's right. Um, 
but you got to be concerned and teach the people that are in the building. Yeah. That's right. So they've got a, so they have a concern yeah. of, of who's not yeah. in the building. So right. And I and I think going back to that little that dream concept or whatever, that is kind of what we're doing. Yeah, you've kind of what from us as a small group, we get notes based on yeah. Brian's. T- so we are taking what's being taught in big yeah. church, and now we're we're drilling down yeah. deeper in our yeah. in our small group. Mm-hmm. The problem is we just the percentage of people that are in a small group is still yeah. fairly small. I mean, it, it's right. growing and we, we're putting emphasis on it, but yeah. there's a lot of people that are still walking on the campus and walking off the campus. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you just wonder, you know, what, what it's going to take to finally, yeah. And then maybe it is time, maybe it's yeah. touches or time or whatever, but. And I think like, and I think it's also helping the, the everyday follower of Jesus. So not the, leadership not the pastor not the elder mm-hmm. not the small group leader the whatever it is it's understanding like matthew 28 is to you like G- when jesus yeah. tells us to go and make disciples of all nations he's telling everyone that follows him mm-hmm. so it wasn't just that group on that mountain at that time it is it is for the believer and so when we feel that like all of a sudden your workplace is your your mission field your neighborhood is your mission field and and we carry the news that Jesus has come. Yeah. And it's also the sobering reality of when Ma- in Matthew 7 when Jesus says, hey, not everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved, but only he who does the will of the Father. And but then we do mighty works. And so there is, like, even Jesus was warning us of this, like, consumeristic, like, mm-hmm. I just want the blessings of God yeah. or the gifts of God. I don't actually want to walk in communion with him. Yep. I think this is where the, the church is dangerous for the, like, you're, calling us the everyday believer bb but it, it's the difference and i don't have to be quite as uncomfortable or i don't have to be quite as bold uh, to invite someone to church as i do to engage them with the gospel of jesus christ and so i'll just give them the invitation and they can say no to church and it's like oh i can take a deep breath i've done my christian duty for the yeah. week and it's like once again we've missed discipleship because and I don't know statistics on it. I could be just lobbing this out, but I know like personally in my own life, my own ministry, I see many more people that hear the name of Jesus or are encountered by Jesus or grow to begin in relationship with him outside of the walls of church mm-hmm. than they do walking into the walls of church. Mm-hmm. And usually church ends up being the next step of like, we want to see you grow in relationship with Jesus Christ and the church. So it's like you, you're met by Jesus and then we help plug you into church so that you're growing in knowledge, you're growing in understanding, but you're also continuing to grow in love with the father because you were surrounded by the body. But so often church is just that checkbox of like, it makes me feel better because I don't have to do as much. Mm -hmm. And once again, I'm passing the blame or I'm passing responsibility back to somebody that I just can convince myself is much better at this or is much more called Mm -hmm. when in reality, like, if the role in pastorship is for equipping of the saints, then that means that in taking what I've been equipped with, then I have to go and do something with it. Like it's not just to fill me up so that I can boast in myself. It's to go and take it and do something with it. But, but we miss the action step, whether it's because we're afraid or we're lazy or we're just waiting around for someone else, or we have no urgency. And I think that, Every single one of the doctrines we've talked about throughout Christian belief in this series, it should create an urgency in us of 
we don't know how much time we have and we don't know how much time they have do something about it like there's an invitation listener for you to be a part of the body of christ and to gather together with other saints and grow in your love for the father and for one another mm-hmm. and if you're not urgent about that then i mean th- we're wasting days we're wasting time mm-hmm. why why wouldn't we do that yeah. why wouldn't we do more of that so you have any other man we've covered all my little um my little notes and jot downs and <laughs> jittles or whatever you want to call them <laughs> Yeah. Love it. I think it's, this is a helpful conversation too. Um, just the importance of being a part of the body. Like, and it's that concept too of like, I mean, how many times I feel like I've heard or read, like, um, I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. It's like, man, Jesus calls it his bride. Yeah. It's like being like, Hey, I like, it's like someone looking at me and being like, hey, man, I really like you. I can't stand Lauren. And it's like, hey, yeah. I, I take offense to that. Yeah. Like, that's, I, right. I, die, I would die for her. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has died for us. And mm-hmm. so it's also like, as a believer, to be like, I don't like myself because I'm part of the church. Right. You might have been hurt by an organization. Uh, you've not been hurt by Christ. And Christ loves his, his bride. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah. Hmm. Elise had said it um, when I shared a table with her at Established. Um, she'd said that I would be doing much more every day and every hour if I continued to remember the weight of the cross. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the church, if I were to always fix my eyes back on Christ and live in remembrance, not only would I invite more people to church, not only would I spend more time serving the church, but I would spend more time being and living like the church. And it's that place that we started at um, initially today that what is the church? It's a group of people who know that they've been loved by Christ and have begun to love one another like that as well. Mm-hmm. And and it's the it's the part two, like how does this affect my life? Well, Like, listener, we want you to know that you belong. That's important to us at Chestnut Mountain Church, but it's important for the Big C Church, for all of the church. Like, you you belong, and we want you to be a part. Um, And we can know and be known by one another, but there's also uh, guidance together when there's community with fellowship. And so, like, listener, we, we want you to be a part of a church, even if it's not our church as Chestnut Mountain, like, We've said it over and over and over here today, but the church is bigger than this building. It is bigger than just CMC. And we are so thankful that we get to be a part of what God's doing here and that he's called and placed each of us here. But be a part of the church and live like the church. Like we, we should always find safer community with other believers than we ever find connection with lost people because we have something in common that hell cannot destroy or take away and so often divisions just getting in the middle of it but we get to be one with christ and we get to be one together that's right what a gift it's good man jason any last encouragement for the listener and church from a wise elder whether you want to 
consider yourself an elder in age or an elder in position. Wow. That's up to you. Um, yeah, final elder. final thoughts. I did turn 50. So now I guess I could be an official elder now that I'm 50 years old. I don't know if that's a threshold for eldership or not. I don't know when you get that senior discount, but. It's coming. It's coming. You know, my only encouragement would be just uh, if you're listening and you're not involved, I would say try Chestnut Mountain Church. I mean, if you're not involved in a church at all, I would say try Chestnut Mountain. And again, I've never heard a pastor talk about other churches more, pray, pray for other churches more, um, support other churches more yeah. than, than, than Brian has here. And that's not the norm. Right. And so I, I believe this is a big C place. This is a big, a, a kingdom minded place. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're on the north end of the county, there's great churches on the north end. If you're That's on the right. south end of our county, there's great church. Just just find a place that um, that you do that, that God's words being spoke and taught, and that you feel a sense of fellowship and a belonging. Um, and, and wherever that is, take every other excuse off the table and mm. yeah. and just get and go. Yeah. And um, but we are blessed with yeah. what God's doing here at this place and. I, we don't take it for granted. I think we spend a lot of time talking about what God's doing, and 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 now the responsibility of us as a church that God's bringing this many people here. There's a larger responsibility than That's right. in, in what yeah. we do, and so you guys that are on staff, y'all, we've got tremendously talented right. staff right. who spend a tremendous amount of time studying and preparing and, and making coffee and. That's right. I'm assuming that hey, that's in the Bible man. there too, but Hebrews. Um, oh wow, yeah, Hebrews. Wow, that's terrible. That is a. I couldn't a stop myself joke. from saying it. It just uh, happened so quickly. Yeah, I think heaven will be full of coffee. Mm, no. um, but yeah, Jason, thank you. Uh, thank you one for how you serve the church as an elder. Thank you for giving of yourself as a small group leader and uh, and being a steady source of encouragement. Um, but also what it looks like to live out urgency right. in the gospel. And um, yeah, so I mean, my my life has been impacted by the Lester family. So yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. And well, I love these conversations. I love the, the way it stirs up um, just more thought in us and have been encouraged by you listeners who have um, shared with us that even after Wednesday nights around roundtables and then listening to the podcast that it continues to provoke uh, not only questions but worship in you and so we're thankful for you um, and just thankful that we get to do this we get to do theology and community we get to live out the mission of the church and um, I would encourage you to like once you find a church and you are connected um, go serve your guts out mm-hmm. like you you will never ever ever regret the serving of the church and the serving of one another. Um, and man, Jesus's whole life was of serving the least of these. And man, if we're a church that's marked by our love and our service of one another above ourselves, that's, it's pretty dang rich. So until next time, get low, move slow and fix your eyes on Jesus. We love you guys.